This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson, filling in for Sean Kelly here in Studio B as the Pelicans got back late last night from Oklahoma City. Unfortunately, they fell to the Thunder 110-103. to It was a promising game, though, for the Pelicans. I know it's it's frustrating being that the team is 1-11, but if you're going to look at some pauses from last night, there was a lot of them to talk about, and we will do that on today's show as they fell 110-103. to We'll have Victor Howell, who uh, was the radio analyst last night on Pelicans Radio Network alongside Sean Kelly. We'll get his input on last night's game and kind of get a preview of tomorrow's big game against the San Antonio Spurs, a nationally televised game at the Smoothie King Center. And then, as I mentioned, nationally televised game, Mark Kestesher, who will be calling the game on ESPN with John Barry, he'll join me to kind of give us a preview of this game and also talk about some of the storylines going on around the league. But again, your final score last night, Pelicans 103, Thunder 110, as the Thunder improved the 7-5 on the season. As I mentioned, Pelicans dropped to 1-11. Russell Westbrook went off last night as expected. He's just an unbelievable player. 43 points for him, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 14 of 25 from the field, and 15 of 20 from the foul line. I'll talk. We'll talk about fouls and uh, the free throw discrepancy a little bit with uh, Victor Howell here in just a little bit. But, man, that was a big factor last night. I'm not going to lie. 27 of 40 for the Thunder last night. The Pelicans were just 9 of 9. And Victor Howell will give you some stats on that as well. But Russell Westbrook and Enos Cantor, the two main factors for the Thunder last night, both shot more free throw attempts than the Pelicans combined. Again, plenty of bright spots for the Pelicans. Ryan Anderson, 43 minutes to play, 30 points, 13 of 25 shooting. The Pelicans had almost more got had more guys almost in suits than they did in jerseys as Anthony Davis sat out again with left shoulder injury. Omar Ashik sat out with a stomach bug. Drew Holiday on the back-to-back restrictions. And then you had the four guys who were listed as out already. So the Pelicans only had nine guys available. They played eight. Jimmer Fredette played just four minutes. And again, Ryan Anderson with 30 points. Eric Gordon with 18 points in 36 minutes. Is Schmidt played another 30-minute game. 18.6 assists for him. And uh, Alexia Jinsa with a double-double, 12 points, 10 rebounds, 6 of 8 shooting in 22 minutes, and Dante cutting him off the bench with 9 points, 4 of 9 shooting. Well, why don't we go inside the Pelicans locker room from last night here from one of the stars for the Pelicans, that is Ryan Anderson, who finished with 30 points on 13 of 25 shooting. Here's Rhino after last night's game. I know you guys talk about, you know, a lot of times that there's no more victories, but I mean, was this the kind of effort that you guys can live with, even though the result wasn't what you guys wanted it to be? Absolutely, yeah. Um... We played great. I, I we we gave everything we we had. Obviously, I mean, that team's gonna make tough shots. They're gonna, you know, Russell Westbrook's gonna make some pretty crazy plays. And um, you know, I think we answered for the most part. You know, we had, uh, you know, you can't have an absolutely perfect game, but uh, we fought as hard as possible, and, and uh, we could definitely rest easy tonight with that. Um, you know. It sucks to lose, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, I guess you could call it a moral victory, like you said, yeah. Yeah, no doubt in my mind, yeah. I mean, 
We moved the ball well. I think we stuck to the game plan defensively. Um, we communicated. Um, you know, we, we rebounded the ball well. We had a toughness tonight. Um, and, you know, what more can you ask for, especially when you have so many guys out? You know, I, we, you know, you go down the line and just uh, each guy I know can look themselves in the mirror tonight and, and say that they gave everything, you know, which is good. It feels good. That feels good, just that, you know. Billy, you look like you guys scored inside and outside, and you look like you were aggressive in getting your shots. It wasn't no, no stagnant in that fourth quarter. Right, right. Yeah, it's such a difference with this group and uh, moving the ball to the other side. Mm-hmm. We had so many open looks tonight because, uh, you know, guys like Ish and, and Eric uh, really drew the defense in. And, um, you know, we, did ju- we just did a good job of finding the, the right man at the right time. And, um, you know, I know we were hard to guard tonight. I know they didn't want to guard us tonight. Um, and uh, it, w- it was a difficult game for them, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, we just want to make it tough. We want to make it tough every night. You, I mean, you had 30 points and had a really good game. Offensively, it seemed like they were bumping you a ton, and you had to kind of fight through everything to, to get the points that you had. Right. I mean, um, you know, that's a team that has done that for a long time. And, um, you know, don't want to say much other than they get. I know I don't want to get fined, but they get away with it, and some teams do. You know, I mean, they're a physical team, and um, you know, uh, but uh, I mean, I'm in a situation like that. I'm going to try and hit back as as legal as possible, um, except for that flagrant foul. Uh, that was a bit of frustration, but um, I mean, it's tough. You know, that's a physical team, and we just got to fight through it. And, and I think we did a good job of, of answering that and playing physical back as we need to do. You know, uh, not shy away, away from that. Ryan, do you guys leave here more of a team? And I think I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, previous games we or especially road trips, you getting on that plane just sucks. Uh, you know, it's 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 tough, but uh, and it's silent. You know, on the plane. Um, because everybody's sort of, I, I know everybody's kind of thinking, man, I wish this could have, we could have done this better or this, you know. Uh, tonight, um, it feels a little bit better heading home knowing that we played like that. And, uh, you know, that's the way this team needs to play. That's the way this team is going to be successful, especially when we get uh, everybody back whole, you know. If we can play like that with everybody back, I mean, man, uh, we're going to be inc- real tough to beat. And that's when it gets exciting, you know. That's like tonight was a, a glimpse of something great for this team, and um, excited about it. We just got to keep building momentum like this. So, a quick turnaround for the Pelicans. Another back-to-back in the books, and hopefully they can bounce back tomorrow against the San Antonio Spurs. And um, we were talking about it last night on the broadcast, and uh, I heard Sean Kelly talk about it a little bit last night, and he brought up a good point. I didn't even really think about this till last year. For those who are maybe have hit the panic button a little bit, and Rightfully so. I know the team is 1-11. But if you look at what happened with the Thunder last year, they lose Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, their two stars, in the first 15 games. The Thunder went 3-12 and to start the season. Pelicans are 1-11. Thunder went 3-12. and They end up tying the Pelicans with 45 wins last year. So that means they went on a 42, let's see, do the math, 42 and 20-something run to almost make the playoffs. So not saying... You know, it's going to be easy. Obviously, it's a big hole. The Pelicans are five games out of the eighth spot if you look at the standings right now. But it's not out of the question just yet. A couple wins at home. Yes, it's a tough Spurs team and a tough Phoenix team. But you never know. 
And there also could be some healthy guys tomorrow. So the hardship exemption ends tomorrow for Jimmer Fredette. Not sure how they will do that, but because it was 10 days, um, no player could come back from injury in those 10 days. So tomorrow will be the first day that in players can come back from injury um, that were listed on the injury list. So we'll see if any of that plays out. We'll keep you updated, of course, here on the Black and Blue Report on tomorrow's show. So lots of basketball to talk about. On this Thursday, of course, the Pelican, the Saints are on the bye week, so no football to preview. And um, there will be a football game tonight between the Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans. I believe the Jags are just one game back of a playoff spot in that AFC South. So it should be an interesting matchup, to say the least. So we'll have Victor Howell on um, coming up next. And then Mark Kessischer from ESPN will join me. He'll talk about the Pelicans and Spurs and then things going on around the NBA. All right, we'll start with Victor Howell next. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Create fun and affordable memories for the entire family with a Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an encore free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. The next Pierre's Party Pack Night is on Friday, November 20th against the San Antonio Spurs. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. We continue to recap last night's game between the Pelicans and the Thunder. Joining me now is Victor Howell, who was on the call last night with Sean Kelly in Oklahoma City. Victor, hope you were able to get a little bit of sleep last night, and thanks for coming on this morning. Absolutely. My pleasure. Good to talk to you. Yeah, a little bit of sleep. Uh, quick trip back, and I know it's a quick turnaround for the guys. And look, I tell you what, I'm not too worried about me catching up on sleep, but the way some of those guys were battling last night on the inside with that short roster, I hope they sleep all day long and rest up before the Spurs get to town tomorrow. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, talking about, we talked about that last night on the broadcast. As much as we don't like moral victories with how shorthanded this team is, it was nice to see the effort and fight from this team last night. Uh, without, without doubt. And, and I was saying that when you and I talked as we started the postgame show. And I know, I know Pelicans fans are, are tired and worn out, and they hate looking in the standings and the columns, and they see that it's just one win on the season. But, you know, you look at the roster that they had last night, and as we mentioned, we didn't know until maybe 30 minutes before game time that Anthony Davis wasn't going to play after going down against Denver the night before, and then Oshik's still fighting, fighting the flu bug. And then on top of that, you still have Drew. You knew him. He wasn't going to be able to play because of the mandated order on the back-to-backs as he tries to get healthy. Tyreek's still out. Norris coming. I mean, you just go down the roster. I know it sounds like a broken record, but, you know, your only hope was that maybe Maybe you're going to see Asha come back from the flu bug and then Anthony, the holdout. But then when they didn't go, you know, they had as many guys in street clothes 
uh, as they did in uniform playing last night. And I mentioned it in the second half. Ryan Anderson is battling his rear end off against two guys he should never be around that would be guarding him. But because of the roster and the lineup they had in there, you know, he's battling guys that, that have him by a couple of inches and by 20, 30 pounds as he's trying to post them up. He's always good when he posts up a smaller guy and he can do that little step-back jumper. Now he's going up against 6'10 and 7-footers, and you know everything was just a mismatch. And then you look at all that, and here you are down the stretch cutting it to several times to a one-bucket game, you know, taking a lead at one point, and, and then you know, when you go up against a guy like a, like a Russell Westbrook and you can only do so much with a depleted roster. But I started looking, Daniel, I was looking this morning, uh, just thinking about last night, and, and you know, we kind of talked about how taxing it is mm-hmm. on some of these players and what you're asking them to do. So I looked up as an example Ish Smith. We've talked about him, his journey through the NBA, the team he's played on. And look, last night going into the game, he's sixth in the league in assists. He's fourth in the league in terms of drive to the basket, and we talked about his speed and what he does. This year alone, uh, he has played – already six games north of 30 minutes. Okay, now there's only 12 games so far, right, Daniel? Right. One and 11. Yep. He's played six games already where he's played more than 30 minutes. All of last year, he played eight the entire season. Wow. In 13-14, when he was in Phoenix, he played two. In the 12-13 season in Orlando, he played one. And in the 11-12 season, he played none. So he is on pace to to surpass already the number of games where he's been asked to play 30 minutes or more by next week for the Pelicans. Unbelievable. In the first 15, 20 games of the season, and he did it eight times all of last year. Now, that's not to say he hasn't been contributing. As we mentioned, he's been great with assists. He's, he's dishing the ball. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. But how many times can you keep asking a guy who's not used to that to get out there and give you 35, 36 minutes? I looked at Alonjo G., Alonzo G. this season already has played seven games where he's played north of 22 minutes. He did again last night. He started a second straight game. Seven games this year already where he's played north of 20 minutes. He had seven all of last year. So you're, you're asking guys to step in when you've got an, an MVP candidate in Anthony Davis on the bench, and you've got Tyreek Evans, one of the most aggressive point guards who can certainly open things up in the lane. He's on the bench. A great six-man in Norris Cole. Omer Oshik's not going to get you a lot of points. He never has, but he's a big body that can defend big guys and he can help you clean up on the glass. Quincy Pondexter, what he opens it up on a three. All those points, all, the way those guys all change the offense, they're all sitting on the bench. So to, to, the only reason I give you those numbers, it goes back to what we talked about. When you look at that effort and what you're asking guys to do on game two of a back-to-back, playing those type of minutes, when that's never been their role, and to go into Oklahoma City and wind up losing only by seven when you had a shot at the game late, I, I don't know how you can be disappointed. They gave you everything they could give you last night. What you didn't have was Russell Westbrook, a guy who could take a game over, and he did. Yeah. Um, one of the things that stuck out, I know we mentioned it last night, and I don't want to get on a official's rampage here, but 40 free throws for the Thunder, only nine for the Pelicans. Obviously, I mean, that played a huge role in last night's game. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, because guess what else I looked up for you here, Daniel? What you got? Knowing it, having, having a feeling we were going to go that way. I can tell you, when we got on the plane, Alvin Gentry was coming down on the plane and walked past where we were as we were all loading up, and the only thing he says was, 40, guys, 40, 40 to 9. And we talked about it. I mean, how can, how can you do that? So I looked up for this season. This was the 10th game this year in the NBA where at least one team shot 40 free throws. It by far and away was the biggest discrepancy of any game this year, 31 free throws where the Pelicans only shot nine and they shot 40. There was only, this was also last night, the only game 
where where one team shot 40 free throws, the other team was in single digits. Far and away, the biggest discrepancy down on the floor. And on and when you look at the on the flip side of it, if you want to look it up the other way, it's the sixth game this year in the NBA where a team shot nine free throws or less. In the other five games, the opponents in that game shot in the 20s. Yet Oklahoma City somehow shot 40 in a game where you only have eight guys in uniform who are busting everything they've got, and you're going to tell me that with all the effort they gave, they only got fouled nine times? Yeah. I mean, to be able to shoot nine, you know, nine free throws, it, it was a huge discrepancy, and there's no doubt. because When you talk about everything else, you look at the turnover factor. You look at the fact that the Pelicans won the second half last night, mm-hmm. a, a place where they have had all sorts of struggles. They battled on the rebound, the points in the paint. The Pelicans had more points off of turnovers than Oklahoma City did. Yep. Yet you look at a 31 free throw discrepancy, and you look at the point differential that the Pelicans were perfect for nine. What, what Oklahoma City left, I think they even left like 13 on the table. They did. You know, that they missed. But you look at that discrepancy, and all of a sudden, that seven-point loss that you had last night is, is worth a six, seven, eight-point win for New Orleans. With everything else being even and as depleted as the roster was, you, you can't let a, a team shoot 31 more free throws than you and expect to be able to come out of their quarter of the win. So, yeah, there's, it, it's, not a, it's not a, hey, let's pick on the officials. It's a fact. There, that, that was a huge issue in the game last night that they were only able to go to the free throw line nine times. Yeah, the fact that two players on the Thunder actually went to the free throw line more than the Pelicans. Westbrook went to the line 20 times. Enos Cantor went to the line 12 times. It definitely says something right there. Um, let's talk about the Pelicans' offense a little bit. I know ball movement has been a big problem for the Pelicans, a lot of iso ball in these yep. first 12 games. I know rotations have a lot to do with it. Guys not used to playing each other with each other when you have certain guys out. But it seemed like yesterday the ball movement was there, even though it was a loss. It seemed like the offense is starting to get maybe in a little bit of a rhythm, wouldn't you think? Yeah, no, I, no, I agree. And there, it's, it's all been – and a lot of this is because these are younger guys. They're not only trying to learn about how many minutes they're going to be playing and being asked to do a lot more and, and, and some occasions – on some occasions actually play in different positions, but now they are starting to get a feel for this system, and that's what will be interesting when you start getting some of these guys back. You know, Drew has kind of been eased into it in the fact that he's getting to play every other game and, and, and with his minute restrictions, but we have yet to see uh, Cole out there. We've yet to see Quincy out there. We've yet to see Tyreek out there. So when they get going, are you going to have to go through another learning curve when they get into that system? But you're right, you have 21 assists. Last night on the on the 43 made field goals, you had 21. You know you'd like to see that name that that game that number up a little bit more in terms of the percentages, but it has been on the increase. And we talked about it last night. I mentioned it to you a moment ago. Ish Smith is fourth in the league driving to the basket, but 50 percent of the times he dishes it out, which is it's nice to know that he's looking to assist, but you want to see him drive to the basket right. more and shoot and get it up when he has a chance because if that brings the defense in. To, to suck in on him to try to stop the shot, it makes it easier to send out there with the assist. That's the part of the game that you miss so much with Tyreek Evans being out of the game. He is a bigger version, albeit slightly slower, but a bigger, stronger version of what we saw Westbrook do last night. He attacks the glass to where he forces the defense to adjust to him. Okay, Now they've adjusted to you, so what does he do? He's able to pass it out very easily and get it out to wide open shots. Same thing with Drew Holiday. That's what you miss with Drew. Drew's going to give you 8 to 18 points a game, but he's also going to give you 7 to 12 assists a game. Why? Because they have to respect him. If he doesn't drive, he's going to alley-oop it to Davis on the screen and roll. If you all go with Davis, he'll take the jump shot. 
So that that even goes back to what we were talking about with, with uh, a lot of those absences with the players that are out. But there's no doubt the offense is starting to look a little more in sync. And I like the way they started that game last night. They slowed that pace down. They held Oklahoma City to a low number, 21 points in the first quarter. And by pacing and passing the ball around, it kind of takes some of the air out of a team that likes to run like Oklahoma City does. But in the end, they just ran out of gas. Yeah, a lot of positives to take away from last night. No doubt. Let, let's focus on uh, tomorrow night's game against the Spurs before I let you go. Hopefully the Pelicans will get some bodies back tomorrow. No word yet on who will play, but what will be their main focus tomorrow in trying to beat a really good Spurs team? Well, you know, they've got there's a lot of what San Antonio presents as Oklahoma City presents last night. They have size. Obviously, you've got Duncan there in the middle, and, of course, they've got LaMarcus Aldridge. It's our first chance to see Aldridge and what he's doing now in a Spurs uniform. And, of course, they also picked up David West, as we know, in the offseason, a former New Orleans uh, outstanding player and all-star uh, there in the Big Easy. So you're, you've got size there, but then they also have guard play. Now, you have Parker, and we know what Ginobili can do off the bench, but they have that balance of that outside quickness, and they like they love to move the ball around. With a shorted roster, hopefully, as you mentioned, we've got to get some of those bodies back because as well as they move the ball around, that's what wears you out on defense. So you've got to keep those legs fresh. San Antonio is going to try to do that. But with some of the size on the inside, Duncan's up there in age. We all know that. He doesn't get up and down the floor as well. That's where you'd love to see Smith, Gordon have the chance to kind of attack a little bit if they can and try to, try to work in on some of that age. Aldridge as well. You know, try to attack them with, with some of their lack of speed and don't let them get set. On the defensive end, you've got to have quick feet. You've got to have quick feet and watch how they're going to try to attack because you know what? We've seen it for years. They like to run that wheel where they get into the lane and they kick it out. And all of a sudden, you start playing a game of chase, trying to chase the ball around. And before you know it, it's all the way on the other side of the floor and they're taking it in for a layup. So stay back on defense uh, and try to, try to attack when you can when they have some of those older, bigger guys in there because you can definitely get up and down the floor on San Antonio. And we'll see what happens. It's a great matchup every year. There's no reason to think it wouldn't be again tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center. Absolutely. Good stuff there. That's Victor Howell, radio analyst on the Pelicans Radio Network. Victor, I believe we'll have you on the call on Sunday, correct, against the Suns? Uh, that is correct. That is correct. Be there Sunday uh, Sunday evening. And, uh, hey, it'll be fun to be talking about a chance for the Pelicans to have uh, two wins in a row, both at home. That will be nice. That will be nice, Victor. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Appreciate the time. Always good talking to you. All right. When we come back, we'll get a national perspective on the Pelicans from Mark Kestisher, who is calling tomorrow night's game on ESPN. Stay with us. Join your New Orleans Pelicans this Sunday, November 22nd at 5 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when the Phoenix Suns tip off against your New Orleans Pelicans. Come out and celebrate Kids Night and watch your favorite kids' entertainment teams perform. Pelicans Fest starts at 3.30 p.m. with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans dance team. Tickets start as low as $21, so don't miss out on any of the action and call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. 
Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Tomorrow night, the Pelicans will play their second straight game on national television as they take on the Spurs on ESPN. On the call of that game will be Mark Kessischer, and he joins me now on the Black and Blue Report. Mark, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, it's great being on with you again. Yeah, glad to have you on. Mark, first off, let's uh, talk about this Pelicans team. I know they are 1-11, but man, have you ever seen a team more decimated by injuries than the Pelicans? It's it's really I don't want to say it's unparalleled, but it's uh, you know, it's happened from time to time. I can't remember the last time I've seen a team so banged up, four starters down, um, only dressing nine guys. All nine guys really had to work hard in Oklahoma City, and to be honest with you, they played a pretty good game. I thought they were, you know, after halftime's been traditionally, unfortunately, this year that's been kind of the dead zone. For the Pelicans, and uh, you know they gave Oklahoma City a good fight. I know Kevin Durant wasn't playing. Uh, Russell Westbrook is one of those, you know, guys that he'll he'll take out any team, good or bad. And uh, but I have not seen a team struggle with injury with so much promise as we thought New Orleans would have. And maybe they still, you know, will be able to turn this into a decent season. That remains to be seen. Hopefully, uh, those guys all can get healed and get back soon. Did you expect? Even with all the injuries, I know it's tough, but did you expect this team to be 1-11 through 12 games? No, <laughs> not a chance. I would have said, I mean, look, Philadelphia is, what, 0-12? Yeah. Uh, Brooklyn didn't have a win till what, uh, last week? Mm-hmm. And uh, to think the Pelicans would have a worse record than the Lakers, I guess would be the best way to put it, uh, just didn't seem feasible. But uh, I, pu- I hang about three asterisks, and I say <laughs> this is all injury, Um you know, if, if if they're at their fully healthiest, maybe they struggle 500 as they try to, you know, work in the new system under Alvin Gentry, and you say, okay, this is going to take off from there. But 1-11, uh, even with the injuries, if you had told me all those injuries, I would not have said 1-11. just has been uh, an awkward and unfortunate start. Yeah, I would agree with you there. And I know the West is tough, and maybe I'm just being a homer here, but um, looking back at a comparison with the Thunder last year, who started three and twelve and ended up pushing the Pelicans to the last game of the season to try to make the playoffs, is it still feasible for this team to compete for a playoff spot when and if this team gets healthy? Yeah, I think so for two reasons. The one you pointed out is Oklahoma City was three and twelve. Uh, you know, Kevin Durant, um, you know, obviously with the injury issues last year, and they were able to get, I think it was 45 wins, which mm-hmm. was the same as the Pelicans, and New Orleans had the tiebreaker, and that was the difference in the eighth seed right there. So I think that's number one. And number two, you know, the West we've been talking about is you need 47, 48 wins just to get in, and I know it's only a 12-game sample size, uh, but you've only got, as I look at it now, you know, a handful of teams that are over 500. I mean, you're looking at the eighth seed right now is at 500. Right. So you're only five games back of the eighth seed with 68 games to play. So it's uh, it's a long way to go. Nobody's running away outside of the Spurs and the Warriors in the West. Uh, it's still kind of a feel-out period here in the opening month. And if they could just get back to health and uh, start to get rolling, I think it's still very feasible, even though – um, statistically, it doesn't look very good at the moment, but I, I think if you look at what the Thunder did last year and you look at how the West hasn't been uh, as huge as it has been in recent years, at least early, I think there's still there's still very much an avenue uh, to get to the playoffs. I know it's a small sample size, like you mentioned, but 12 of the 15 teams in the East are at or 
are at or above 500, could we see a more competitive Eastern Conference this season, or is it still a little too early to make that call? Yeah, it's too early for me. That I don't know if that's an anomaly or what. That's right. a shocker that mm-hmm. everybody in the East except for three teams is 500 or better when sometimes the seventh and eighth seeds aren't even 500 at the end of the year. Um, so that's a little bit of a surprise. I think uh, the Bulls are a little bit of ahead of the curve that I thought they would be with the new head coach. You know, the Cavaliers aren't even healthy yet, and they're eight and three. Um, Atlanta, you expected maybe to take a step back after 60 wins a year ago. I, you know, I kind of believed in Miami. I thought Boston was a team on the come. I am surprised uh, by how well the Pistons have played so far. I'm surprised at how well the Pacers have played mm-hmm. so far, and even the Knicks have surprised me. I don't know if that holds out over 82 games, um, but I, there'll definitely be competition from seeds, you know, three through eight. Uh, I'd be surprised if they were all as good as they are right now. Mark, we've played about three weeks' worth of basketball in the NBA. Give me a storyline or two that's intrigued you so far this season. Well, uh, in far, as far as intriguing, I mean, it, kind of in a negative way, I guess, mm-hmm. has been the coaching stuff early. Um, you know, the Kevin McHale already has been fired, that George Carl, you know, may not even last a full season in Sacramento. Uh, so that's kind of on the on the negative side. On the positive side, San, or Golden State to, you know, have picked up exactly where they left off. You don't usually see championship teams, you know, just kind of get right back on the track. Right. Usually there's some kind of hangover that doesn't appear to be, and their head coach hasn't even coached a game yet this year. So that's that's kind of the biggest storyline for me is how the Warriors have, you know, if nothing else, just picked up exactly where they left off when they won the championship. Mark, as far as the Kevin McHale situation goes, what went wrong there that it had to end with McHale being fired after 11 games? Was it more just the players not responding to him? Or, I mean, this team just went to the Western Conference last year. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, I guess you could say maybe they're just not responding to his voice anymore. I thought it was premature, uh, you know, to fire a guy that early. Maybe they panicked uh, in Houston, possibly. I mean, they. I, I had them a couple weeks ago in Sacramento, and it was probably the best game they played all year, albeit, you know, against the Kings without DeMarcus Cousins. But still, um, James Harden had an outstanding game. Uh, but even in that game, their defense was very suspect, and that seems to be the issue was, uh, you know, they just were not playing good team defense. It wasn't a McHale issue. I mean, he was doing the best he could. Right. They just weren't executing for him, and unfortunately he took the fall for it. Um, you know, Dwight Howard's not even playing at full strength or in back-to-backs. Harden hasn't been as good as his MVP runner-up season last year. Uh, Ty Lawson's still trying to fit in with that team. I just think anytime you do something in the first month of the season, it just smells of panic. Yeah, I agree with you there. Let's talk about the Spurs that the Pelicans will face tomorrow. They are 9-2 and two and looking real good. No surprise there. They added the big pieces in LaMarcus Aldridge and David West. We won't see Mono Ginobili tomorrow. But what can you tell us about how the Spurs have started off this season? Well, uh, they've won six in a row coming in. I think they're still trying to find their stride with Aldridge. And this is a big change for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the guy in Portland. As much as you know, Damian Lillard had really come on the scene as an all-star and uh, some of the other complimentary parts. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge was every night 23 points and 11 rebounds or something around there. And that's just not how they play it in San Antonio. And I think he knew that, obviously, going in. Um, And there are some big pieces who are in their, you know, latter days. Tim Duncan, uh, you know, Tony Parker is now an aging point guard. He's still got it. He showed it against Denver and 19-year-old Moutier the other night, the rookie. Um, But it's, 
it's still uh, you got Kawhi Leonard who's emerged as kind of the face of the Spurs at the same time Aldridge comes over, and they're still trying to figure out exactly how this is going to work, and they've done that with a nine and two start, uh, which is very impressive. So Aldridge is uh, fitting in, and David West is you know the free agent bargain of uh, the century, you know, to give up all that money to come down be a complimentary piece for a guy you know who was averaging eleven and six last year in Indiana. So. Uh, that's still a team that's figuring it out, which is not uncommon for San Antonio. They always seem to struggle to, you know, get it going early, uh, and then right about the time the All Star break rolls around and that rodeo road trip ends, they just uh, get it into gear and get ready for a playoff run. Absolutely, Mark. I know you've started your game prep already for this game, but what will be some of the main storylines that you and John will discuss at the beginning of your broadcast for tomorrow night's game? Well, I think for San Antonio, we'll probably hit on that Aldridge discussion, just how well he's fit in. I'm looking forward to talking uh, to Coach Pop and see what his feeling is on how he's fitting in. I think, uh, you know, Tony Parker, it's a different style of point guard. I don't think he's going to be as actively, you know, driving the lane, doesn't have to as much, um, you know, with all these uh, other guys around him. So I think that the Aldridge angle for San Antonio and for New Orleans, I think it's it's all about injuries, how quickly guys can get back, mm-hmm. uh, how well they played despite being so shorthanded Wednesday night in Oklahoma City. And just like we talked about early, is there still an avenue for this team uh, to make a playoff run? It, it seems so crazy to say that three weeks in, but as you know, losing 11 of 12 to start the season, only three teams have ever come back to make the postseason after that uh, such a bad start. Yeah, not the best start indeed, and hopefully the Pelicans can turn it around starting tomorrow against the Spurs. That's Mark Kessinger, who will be on the call for ESPN tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center alongside John Barry. Mark, safe travels to the Big Easy, and we'll see you tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Thanks again. No problem. When we come back, I'll wrap up this Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all-natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Looking for the perfect holiday gift? Well, give the gift of Pelicans basketball with the Pelicans five-game holiday plan. Packages start as low as $49. Pick your favorite five games, including matchups against the Thunder, Rockets, and Clippers. The Pelicans five-game holiday plan makes a great stocking stuffer. So call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to order your Pelicans five-game holiday plan today. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. All right, time to wrap things up from Studio B. Good show today. Big thanks to Victor Howell from uh, the Pelicans Radio Network. He'll be on the call with Sean Kelly on Sunday when the Pelicans take on the Phoenix Suns. And Mark Kestisher, big thanks to him. He'll be on the call for the ESPN broadcast tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center between the Pelicans and the Spurs. Plenty of tickets available. Oh, I should say tickets. I'm not sure how many tickets are available, but tickets are available for tomorrow night's game between the Pelicans and the Spurs. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com. It's also a PR's party pack, so check the website for more on that. On tomorrow's show, we will preview the Pelicans and the Spurs with Bill Schoening, who is the play-by-play voice 
of the Spurs. And, uh, of course, you never know who else will stop by on this Friday. You might want to listen to the uh, Alvin Gentry show tonight on 99.5 WRNO. It's Sean Kelly's most extensive interview with Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry. And uh, we'll hear from Coach about his observations from this week. He'll probably talk about the injuries in looking ahead to the rest of November. So you don't want to miss that. Again, 7 o'clock Central on 99.5 WRNO. If you happen to miss it tonight, we'll post it on pelicans.com tomorrow. So And we'll play some of that on tomorrow's show as well. So Sean Kelly will be back in the hosting chair tomorrow, and hopefully the Pelicans can get back on track with a win over a very tough San Antonio Spurs team. That'll do it for today's Black and Blue Report. Thank you very much for listening, and until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.